First Kings 17, we're going to read the account of Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. And we'll begin in verse 8 and read down to verse 16. Let's all stand together if you would. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you tonight. Verse 8 says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that it may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after that for thee and for thy son. For this, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of, of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you would work in our hearts tonight and draw our attention to... Uh, what, what our perspective is when it comes to giving and getting. Are we more interested in being a getter or more interested in being a giver? Lord, uh, over and over and over again in your word, you commend those who give and you talk about how that you take care of those who give. So Father, help us as we, as we take a look at this illustration and then look at, at uh, promise after promise and command after command in your word about giving and getting, that, uh, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Help us as a, as a church. Help us as families. Help us as individuals to be known as those that are eager to give and to serve you with what we've already got. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said... Amen. You may be seated. The, the, the title of the message and the question uh, to you tonight is, are you a getter or a giver? Uh, wh which category do you and I fall into? Uh, the story before us is, is really using this as an illustration, then we're going to jump off and look at some Bible principles uh, uh, afterwards. But... Uh, what, what, what is going on is there's a famine in the land. There's a famine in the land because there's no rain. Hasn't been rain for some time. And, and so Elijah comes across this widow and her son, and he asks her to bake her a little cake, give her a cake. And she says, look, I, 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 I've only got enough meal 
and oil for myself and my son. Well, what I was planning on doing was making a, a cake for the both of us. We were going to eat it, and then that was all we had left, and we were just going to sit here and die. And I, I, find, it, I find it interesting where he uh, uh, explains to her that she needs to make a cake for him first. Uh, not, not for him and for them, but just for him. He said, make one for me first, and then afterwards make one for you and your son. And then he gave her a promise, and the promise was, was that the, the uh, uh, oil and, the, and the, the, the meal would, not, uh, would, would continue to be plentiful. Uh, our tendency, I think, what we, the tendency that we have as, as, as individuals, as people, uh, is to hold on to what we have. And that was her tendency, and rightfully so. She was, she was concerned about her son. She was concerned about her own health. And so that's why she gave the answer that she did. She basically said, we don't have anything to give you because all we have is enough for one more small little meal, and uh, then we're just simply going to die. Uh, times were tough. And, and I, I think it's important when uh, times are not tough to, to get a hold of a mindset of, of being interested and being more of a giver than we are a getter. And uh, uh, she was, this woman was destitute, and she needed a blessing. Uh, but God requested that before she got a blessing that she would be a blessing and to, to feed the man of God first. And uh, with, that, with that command came a promise. And the promise was, was that if you'll do this, then, then God will take care of you and make sure that you have plenty until the famine is over. And the, the thing that I find that's, that's really a blessing about this whole story is she really didn't, she didn't argue with him. She obviously already had the right mindset before he even approached her. And uh, she just went ahead and did what she was told. She obeyed and she obeyed unquestionably. She do, did it by faith. Now, you know what I think? And this is purely conjecture. I understand that. I don't, I don't have any information that would, that would say that this was definitely the case. But I would, I would just guess, and it'd be a real strong guess, that uh, this woman was a giver before she became destitute. And that uh, she was already in that mode. And it's, it, really, it really is a mindset. It is a, a way of thinking and, and a desire in our hearts. Uh, God wants us to desire to be givers rather than getters. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11. And we're not going to be going back to, to uh, 1 Kings, so you don't need to keep your place there. Proverbs chapter 11 I want you to look with me down in verses 24 through 26. <clears throat> 24 through 26, Proverbs 11 says, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. 
The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Now these principles that are stated here are go, go against our natural inclinations. Our natural inclination is if, if we are starting to uh, find that what we have is sparse, we hold on to it more, and we, we have a tendency not to have a desire to give, but instead to retain what little we have. But according to these verses, the whole purpose of getting is so that we can give, so that we can be a giver and so we can be a, a blessing. Again, in verse 24, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. Now, again, that goes against, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the common everyday thinking. You think, well, if I hold on to it, uh, you know, I'll have it. But if I give it away, then it's gone and I won't have it. But that is what God says. He says, there is a scattereth and yet increaseth. And then he says, there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. And so according to the, the, the scripture, scattering equals increase. And holding on to beyond measure equals Poverty. Uh, he said, withholdeth more than is meat. If you hold back more than you need to hold back, then the Bible says that leads to poverty. Verse 25, he says, liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also again. Now, just to clarify, okay, the liberal soul is not talking about political ideology, all right? That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about being liberal in giving. And a person that, that uh, uh, will liberally give to others, God says, I will take care of you. And, and uh, I'll make sure that you are taken care of. And it, it also talks about the fact that if we water, if we take care of others, then God will make sure that when we have dry spells, that, that uh, we will receive the water that we need. You look down to verse uh, 26, and it says, He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of, of him that selleth it. And, and again, uh, he says, If you withhold, you'll be cursed. And if you let go, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke 6. Luke chapter 6. I don't expect this to, to be a long message tonight. In fact, I think it's going to be quite short. But the Lord has, has really impressed upon me that, and it looks this way, and, and, and hopefully I, I am absolutely, totally wrong, but I, I've heard some of you talking, and, and uh, you're looking uh, down the same pipe that I'm looking down, and I really believe that, that if, if something doesn't drastically change in America, the way that we're going right now, we're heading for some tough times. I'm not a doomsday prophet, okay? Uh, I, I like to look on the positive side, and honestly, even with that, I really believe God's going to take care of us. I believe if we do things biblically, 
I think uh, God will make sure that his people are cared for. It may not be at the level that we're used to. And that's, that's where the rub comes in sometimes. Uh, you know, when we get spoiled a little bit, it's kind of hard to step back. But the, the bottom line is, is that God has promised over and over and over again that if we'll be responsible and, uh, and we'll be givers with what we have, that he will, he will make sure that we are taken care of. And in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Anytime I have, uh, um, there have been some times when I've, I've uh, gotten coffee beans and I've had a, uh, the beans and I've got a little grinder at home. And uh, uh, I, I pick a, uh, a container that I'm going to put the ground coffee into. And I, I have noticed that when you take, after it's all ground up and you pour it in, it's, it's up about this high. Uh, possibly. And uh, all I have to do is take that thing and shake it a little bit. And if I shake it, it goes down just a little bit. It doesn't go down much, but it goes down a little bit. And that leaves room for more. And you pour more on top of it after you grind some more and so forth and so on. Uh, that's the picture that God's painting here. He's saying, if you give, if you have a giving attitude rather than a getting attitude, uh, God's going to, to uh, give to you overflowing. He's going to give to you good measure, pressed down, and then shaken together, and then running over shall man give unto your bosom. Uh, that's a promise. That's a promise. Now, we usually uh, aim that toward money, and rightfully so. I don't think it's out of context to do that. But look at the context of the thing with me, if you would. Verses 35 and uh, actually 35 through 37. It says, But love your, ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. So it's, it's more than just money. It's saying, listen, if you want mercy, you better give it. You want forgiveness, you better be quick to dispense it. Uh, you don't want to be judged? Then don't sit there and have a condemning, critical spirit toward others. And, and the, the, uh, the, the whole principle simply is it, whatever we will give, God will give back to us. The other thing that I noticed about this verse, and I, I love this about verse 38, it says, given it shall be given unto you. What's the it? Well, the truth is you might give money, but later on down the, the line, it might not be money you need. It might be something else. And you might need compassion. You might need a friend. Uh, you might need uh, just someone to, to spend some time with you and care for you. Well, if we have a giving spirit in whatever area it might be, 
Uh, God says that I'll make sure that when your need comes down the pipe, that your need will be taken care of, whatever it might be. It might not, not, might not always be money. It might be compassion. It might be mercy. It might be love. It might be forgiveness. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And I believe all of these principles kind of dovetail one, one with another. Matthew 16, down in verse 25. Matthew 16, 25. It says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You want to save your life? You want, you want your life to, to mean something and, and have fulfillment? Then don't save it for yourself. Uh, don't become self-centered. Become God-centered and other-centered. And look for ways to expend your life for him. One of the things that, that I've, God has taught me and still teaching me over the years is that uh, he can take better care of me than I can take care of me. And I, I really believe if we get that thing down, it'll revolutionize the, our thinking and the, the way that we live. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. And this is a, a, an example of the principles that we just looked at. The Philippian church was a church that was really dear to Paul's heart. And the reason why is there were times when when other churches, for whatever reason, could not help the Apostle Paul, but the church at Philippi did, and they stayed consistent in their support of him. And, and he says this in verses 15 down through 19. Verse 15, he says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So he, he only had one supporting church, and that was them. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And that's an important principle to understand. When we give to missions and we help missionaries go on out and get out the gospel, it's not just to their account, it's also to our account. And, uh, you know, we, we, I, I just, I thank the Lord for the good missionaries that we have on our, on our missions list. And uh, uh, one of the reasons why I encourage uh, folks to give to missions, and I think it is so very important. It's not only important for us as a church, but it's important for, for you as a family and as individuals within that family. Because of a promise that God gives in verses 18 and 19. In verse 18, he says, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a, of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And then he says in verse 19, and as I've said in times past, many times this is taken out of context, 
like a standalone verse. It's not a standalone verse. Understand that what he's about to say in verse 19 is dependent upon the fact that these folks gave, and they gave sacrificially, and they were a blessing to the Apostle Paul when he needed it. In other words, they had a giver mentality, not a getter mentality. In verse 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He says, listen, you, you gave what you had, and my God is going to take care of you. And the way he's going to take care of you is according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you realize what that is compared to what any of us or even all of us together have tonight? It is uh, what we have is nothing compared to what he has. And it's saying that out of his abundance and out of his great riches, he'll make sure that those that are givers and those that, that uh, have a concern for others will be taken care of when their needs arise. Um, we're stewards and we're channels of all that God gives to us. And no matter what it is, whether it's money or anything else, uh, God has given things to us so that we can be givers of those things. For instance, uh, many of you, God has given a family. Praise the Lord for that. I mean, not just, not just a husband and wife, but a husband and wife and in and, and some families, kids. Why did God give you those kids? You know, God didn't give those kids to you primarily for you. And that's really an important concept to get a hold of. One of the things that my wife and I did um, with the birth of each of our children is right after they were born, we were still in the delivery room, and we just simply bowed our heads and prayed and dedicated that child to the Lord. Uh, we not only uh, showed that we had a desire that God would use them but our intent was, Lord, he's yours. He, he's given to us, and we're to be stewards of him or her. But, uh, Lord, uh, you do with that child whatever you would like to do. Um, I have watched over the years. Uh, I have watched parents who hold on to their kids um, they don't raise their kids for God, they raise their kids for them. And they might not admit that if you ask them, they might not say that, but it's obvious by the way that they respond. I, I, I've, watched, I've watched this, I've watched, and I believe this is, I believe this is exactly what happened. <clears throat> I watched some young men that went through this church and God called them while they were here to full-time ministry. And their parents talked them out of it. Their parents uh, told them, you know, you need to make sure that you get a good education. You need to make sure that you make a good living. You need to make sure that all your physical things are taken care of. I've watched that over the years just straight across the board. You know what I've also watched? I've watched the parents lose those kids not only lose the kids for God, but oftentimes, sometimes, the, uh, the kids were lost for them. Uh, be careful about holding on to something that isn't yours in the first place. 
Now, I realize we're stewards of our family, and we ought to be, and we ought to take that seriously. Yes, there are kids. I understand that. That's just like, you know, I've, I, I've, I've talked about this church, and I've, I've, uh, I've made a comment to, with some other preachers and, and, and called it my church. I understand it's not my church. I understand it's God's church. But there is a sense in which it better be my church, <laughs> and it better be your church, okay? Uh, and, uh, and I've had guys rebuke me and say, well, brother, it's not my church, it's the Lord's. Well, okay, I understand that, but it needs to be personal enough that you realize that uh, you, you have been given that to be a steward of whatever it is that God has given you, and particularly in the area of, of children when it comes to our family. God has given our, our children to us and given us the family that we have so that we can turn around and give them back to him and he can do with them whatever he, he would see fit. Um, and again, uh, that works with a family, that works with money. Uh, you've got needs, uh, but you need to, to serve God with what you have. And, and there, there's just something about having the mindset of a giver rather than a receiver or a getter. Uh, God has given us time. We need to look at how we use our time for him and others. God's given us possessions and talents. We need to use all those things and look for ways that we can give those things away so that others can be benefited. Um, you know, the, the, the Bible says, given it shall be given unto you. There's not a person in here that uh, hasn't had a need, probably even in this last year, for some compassion. You know, you went through a difficult time. You went through a difficult situation. Honestly, quite a few of our families have, have had that situation over the last couple of years. Um, you, know, you know what you need when you're going through tough times? You need somebody to be compassionate with you. You don't need somebody to be, be rough and gruff and and, uh, and uh, have a rebuking spirit. You need some compassion. Well, let me ask you, how much compassion have you given out before you ended up having that need? Again, if we give compassion, if we give mercy, if we give forgiveness, and God promises that he'll give it back to us. Um, you know, when it comes to, to our church, and you've heard me say this so many times, uh, that uh, you don't come to church to... First and foremost, get a blessing. T take your Bibles and, and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10.25 is the classic verse, and rightfully so, that we use to encourage church attendance and, and let folks know that when we assemble, we're supposed to be here. Now, obviously, everybody doesn't do that in a local church. Uh, we've got a smaller crowd tonight than what we had this morning. You know what? That's between them and God. Uh, but, but notice what the Bible says about the purpose of coming to church from an individual standpoint. Verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Now, exhorting means to encourage. It means to, to uh, prod, to... Uh, to uh, uh, help someone go in a forward direction. 
That's what exhorting is all about. And when you and I come to church, we should be looking for people that need to be encouraged, that need to be helped, that need a smile. And of course, you don't always know. So you just, you just go around, you just dispense as much of it as you possibly can. But that, that's, that's, that's a, a, a purpose that we have. And here's what I found. You come to be a blessing and God will give you a blessing. But you come to get a blessing and that's it. Uh, and you're going to find you're going to come up short because God wants us to be givers, not just getters. Go back with me to uh, Proverbs 11. I want you to look at something. Proverbs 11 and uh, verses 24 and 25. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 says, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but attendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. I believe that's not only uh, that's no, not only applicable to to giving, but that's also applicable to witnessing. You know, if we want to see fruit, we want to see blessings around here. We have to go on out and water. Uh, you know, the the, the in the the uh, book of First Corinthians, it, it, Paul said there are some that that plant, there are some that water, but God gives the increase. But we need to be a part of that process. And what that, again, what that involves, that involves you giving of your time, that involves you giving of, of, of time in prayer, uh, that involves an effort on our part. And you know what, what is a, a blessing about this whole, this whole principle of, of being a giver rather than a getter is the Lord doesn't ask of us what he didn't do himself. Truth of the matter is, the Lord gave everything in order to save us. He gave his son. The father gave up the son so that we could have eternal life. And uh, uh, he, was, he was willing to give what he had so that, so that we could benefit. And, you know, you, you, uh, you read in the book of Psalms and it says that, uh, the, the blessing that he got from that is he got the heathen for an inheritance. Uh, we're, we're, we're part of the blessing. Because he gave himself, we can come to him and trust him as Savior and get eternal life. But the, whole, the whole concept here is that we ought to desire to be a giver rather than a getter. Be a giver and be a server. Um, I think those two go hand in hand, just having a servant's heart. One of the, one of the things God has worked on me, uh, really, my whole Christian life, and is still working on me on, is, uh, is serving first God and secondly, serving others. And looking for ways that we can be a blessing and that we can be a help. Um, fight the, the flesh's desire to get and be served. Uh, there, you know, really there is a, a, a huge attitude in America today 
of, you know, get what you can, can what you get, and then sit on the lid type of, type of thinking. You know, just uh, grab all that you've heard the, some of you anyway, have heard the, uh, the, the, the phrase, grab all the gusto you can. Well, uh, how about giving all the gusto you can? How about giving everything that you've got and turn around and being a blessing to others? Um, the flesh desires to get, and the flesh desires to be served. Um, there's a real contrast between givers and getters. You know what I found? I found over the years that givers are humble and givers are happy. I found that getters are often disappointed and discouraged and very pessimistic. Why is that? Well, I believe it's because their expectations are in the wrong place. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. With this, I'm going to close. Psalm 62. I told you it was going to be short. Psalm 62. I hesitate to say this is going to be a short message. My wife says, every time you say that, you end up going an extra 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> and she's right. I usually do. But this time, not the case. Psalm 62 and verse 5 says, My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Don't put your expectation in circumstances. Don't put your expectation in people. You'll get disappointed every time. But if you have a giving spirit, if you have a serving spirit, and then expect God to reward you for it and take care of you, he always will. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, tonight, I pray that you would get a hold of our hearts and once again, help us to see the importance of, of desiring to be givers more than desiring to be getters. We are getting ready to embark upon the Christmas season and covetousness really runs rampant during, during Christmas. And it, it's just an easy trap to fall into. But help us to determine tonight that we're not going to be so concerned about what we get, but we're going to be concerned about what we can give. We're not going to be so concerned about who serves us, but we're going to be concerned about who we serve. We're not going to be concerned about who is compassionate upon us, but we need to determine tonight to be compassionate upon others. I love that promise, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Help us, Lord, to be good stewards of what you've given to us and look for ways that we can serve you and serve others by being givers rather than getters. We'll be careful to praise you and glorify you as you take care of us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.